Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast. This is our first pod following our small summer break. I'm Richard Sverson and joining me today is Anthony Froggett of Chatham House. Welcome back, Anthony. Thank you. Pleasure to have you on the pod again. We're going to be talking Brexit and the new UK government, which is quite relevant. It's only been in place for a few days. What are your feelings so far? I mean, mainly, it seems to be clear, whether it's a bluff or not, that the the direction is towards a no-deal Brexit. Is this something you would agree with? or Is there more to it? No, I mean, I think it's getting slight mixed messages from the new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. On the one hand, he's saying... There's a one in a million chance, one in a thousand chance that there's going to be a no deal. But yet Michael Gove has now become the, the minister designed or designated to prepare for no deal. And he said it's now the central scenario for their work. So a bit bit messages. But I think what is clear is that the government will, over the next three months, do more effort to prepare for no deal. Mm. Uh, will are at the moment saying that they will leave at the end of October even with a no deal. Uh, mm. And we know that Theresa May was saying that for a number of times, mm. but I, I guess there is more belief that the current government, led by the, the people that were at the forefront of, of the the leave, the EU leave campaign, would go through with that. So their threat is, is that they will leave without a deal, and the hope is that they hope that that will force some change within the EU mm. so that there can be an acceptable way in which they will leave with a deal. But at the moment, you can't see any shift within the EU position. Mm. They make it very clear that the agreement on on the divorce, as it were, won't change. Uh, the political de- declaration may change. Mm. But within the, 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 the sort of leaving arrangement, the issues around the backstop, they say, are hard and firm. Mm. And that is what the British government says, the current British government says, is unacceptable. So mm. unless one of these unacceptable things moves, then we will leave without a deal. Because it's quite an impasse, that. I mean, uh, the, the Boris Johnson government is saying we won't accept the backstop, whereas the EU says it's that's... It's closed. It's closed, yeah. 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 So we can't deal with that. So. so we'll have to see. And there isn't actually that much time. I mean, mm. al- although we're talking about 31st of October, we know the UK Parliament has gone in, in into recession. It doesn't come back till sort of the end of August. Then we then have the party political season. So mm. there's actually not that many days of parliamentary sitting. And we also know that the EU Parliament has gone on, is going mm. on holiday. The Commission is there, but in a slimmed down version in August. Mm. And the Commission is, is preparing for the election of the new Commission. I mean, so we now know who the new Commission, the mm. Commission, the EU President is, but we don't know. Uh, who the other sort of members of the commission will be, mm. but the new government is formed of sort of quite hardline Brexiteers mainly. Now it's it's that that's the that's the that's a significant shift. Yeah, uh, and you have those in key ministerial positions and key advisor positions that mm. are much more determined to leave at all costs. And mm. I, th- I think we've seen that in the markets. I guess is mm. is the, the slide in the pound over the last week. I think more more people are recognising that the likelihood of leaving without a deal is, is significantly higher mm. than it was before. And there's also increasing noises coming from industry, from the farmers' lobby, saying there will be protests in the street, etc., etc., should they go ahead with a no deal. So I'm just wondering, against all this backdrop, do you think a new election is likely? I think you could say it, it is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. every there, there's so many things are... In, in some ways, probably the next big test is does the EU come back with a revised deal in mm. some shape or form that mm. they, they can 
alter with the withdrawal agreement mm. to a degree that is seen as acceptable mm. to the current government. The language at the moment would imply not, mm. but we do have to remember that Boris Johnson, Michael Gove, mm. and other key Brexiters all did vote for it third time round. Mm. Um, so there was only yeah the the ERG group and the DUP. Mm. And even only a small part of the, the ERG group that didn't vote for it. So, mm. but anyway, either there has to be a shift in that, or they have to be able to get it through Parliament. Because it, there's a very slim majority as well, and, and it could even be reduced even further. And well. as of this week, it's almost certainly the Liberal mm. Democrats will, on Thursday of this week, will win a, a by-election and take a seat away from the Conservatives. Mm. So down to two. Mm. Uh, we know that there are more ex-cabinet ministers emboldened against no deal. So mm. it seems quite likely that the parliament will block no deal. So mm. where does that leave us? And mm. maybe that leaves us with a referendum mm. or maybe it leaves us with a election. Mm. And the, the Labour Party aren't, don't seem to be in a strong position either. Mm. There's, there is the traditional new ministerial, new prime minister bounce. So the mm. Conservatives have gone up in the polls. Mm. In two months' time, will they still be? Who knows? But it would seem a potential solution to get something through Parliament mm. would be to change the Parliament numbers. Yeah. But yeah. you have to be confident that you're going to get it. Absolutely. And that probably would require a coalition, some sort of deal with the Brexit party, because otherwise they will probably split the vote. Yeah. Or it could go the other way. It could be a you know, majority for Remain, potentially. Yeah. Uh, with Labour and Lib Dems, if the Lib Dems make some sort of comeback, or yeah, yeah. Who, yes. who knows? But there, there are it, lots it, of you it, know it variants. Is, and but it's it it does seem unlikely with the current Parliament mm. that they will get a no no deal through. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there could be an extension again? Uh, again to Brexit, the EU has said that that's possible, mm. but the current government has ruled it out. Mm. The language of ruling out is yeah. It, again, it's possible. So if the likelihood is growing greater, the likelihood of a no deal is growing ever greater, where does that leave the energy sector? For me, the key issue about no deal isn't necessarily about the future relationship. It's mm. the fact that you lose the transition period. Mm. OK. Yeah. Um, so in terms of within the withdrawal or within the political declaration, mm. it wasn't really clear about what the future relationship would be. Mm. It would just be to say, and now we're going to negotiate the future relationship. So... Mm. The key issue was that within the withdrawal agreement, it said that there would the EU, the UK would remain part of the EU mm. institutions and rules through until the end of 2020. Mm. So that gave an additional, at the time, 20 months in order to put in place or to negotiate something and then put in place the arrangements. Mm. So not having that is the key question. And what, it, are, what are the implications of that? Well, it just means, for example, how you operate the interconnectors. Mm -hmm. As of the 1st of November, assuming that there's no deal, the operation of the interconnectors no longer falls under EU regulations. Mm. So what has to be put in place, mm. which that was being prepared and being put in place for the end of March, mm. was that a there would be bilateral mm. legal arrangements between each end of the interconnectors. So the UK and the Netherlands and UK and France would have these, these put in place. So... And you go, for example, you go to explicit auctions rather than implicit, yeah. for example, on yeah. the trading arrangements. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, but you have to have the legal framework first course, to have yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then you have to have the, the trading arrangements. So these will were being prepared for the 31st of March. Presumably they can be dusted off and, and put back. So in certain areas, I, I think where there are very, very clear legal frameworks that needed to be put in place, 
that will be fine. Mm. I think the the other questions, though, are although trading will continue to take place across the electricity, across the gas interconnectors, mm. Mm. again, they may, that will continue to occur. But there may be issues, for example, there is solidarity agreements between member states about supplying of, of, mm. of gas in the event of uh, lack of supply within one member state. That will no longer apply to the UK. Mm. And supplies that may be destined for the UK would then have to be diverted to another member state should they need it. So in some ways, we go down the, the priority list of, of, of recipients of gas mm. in the event of supply crunches. So, okay. so if there's another beast from the east, the UK could be left out in the cold, quite literally. Yeah, because mm. if, if we were having to import previously the gas from the continent, then mm. yeah, it may no longer be available to us. So we'd, mm. we wouldn't necessarily be out in the cold. We'd probably just have to pay a lot more for it <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. we'd just have to ship it in in terms of LNG or the, the prices would go up. So we don't have the luxury in some ways of developing those new relationships, those new trading arrangements, those new guarantees, mm, mm. if there's a no deal, they may mm. not all be in place. Mm. And then to put them in place is far more problematic uh, and time consuming. Yeah, and it's just, again, one one issue out of a plethora that has mm. to be dealt with mm. under a shorter period of time. And yeah, yeah as I said, the, the, in some ways the, the key thing was this 20-month extension, effectively, mm. in which mm. you knew that there was a hard deadline, mm. you had time to put in place uh, the, the leaving arrangements. And for the emissions trading scheme? Again, it's really not clear yeah. wh where that where that finishes. We would have to see what sort of relationship. The government in the past has mm. indicated that it would sort of prefer having a trading system. The UK government has had a consultation on the future e emissions trading system, and they said that they would publish the results of that in October. So okay. they are gathering views on this, but they still haven't made clear what's their preferred. And option. again, there's a very little time to to, yeah. to, to, to act on that once yeah. it comes up. I mean, but what they have said in the past, in the event of a no deal, that there would be a, a tax that were put upon mm. uh, the uh, price of carbon. You, you wouldn't see a reduction in the overall price. That would obviously go to the, the Treasury here mm. rather than in, into an EU system. So there would be a constant price of carbon for certain sectors, not for sectors like the aviation that it mm. couldn't apply to. So some, potentially the aviation sector would benefit. And the UK allowances couldn't be used yeah. in the EU. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are there any other implications for for infrastructure such as nuclear new build, etc.? Or mm, I don't think so. I mean, mm. I don't. Again, the government has been indicating that it would is minded towards having a a new system whereby it would be possible for utilities to charge the individual users of electricity a upfront cost for the the cost of uh, new build. Mm. So this was floated by the government about two weeks ago. Mm. Uh, I don't see that this is going to be affected by Brexit. I mean, mm. I guess as we're part, if we were remaining part of the EU, then that would have to go through the the standard state aid rules mm. Mm. Uh, because it was a new form of, of financial assistance. My personal belief is they got Hinkley through, which mm. was a mm. huge <laughs> subsidy to the, or was extremely beneficial, shall we say, to EDF. Mm. Uh, so if they got that through, then the, the new arrangement probably would be put through in yeah. any case. Oh, it could be much looser. I mean, you wouldn't have to go through state aid guidelines so, uh, uh, it, or it, comply with them. Yeah, well, I mean, still, we don't actually know yet because mm. in terms of electricity trading, if we're mm. carrying on trading electricity, the European Parliament has said that 
if that were to happen, then the UK would have to comply to mm. all market and electricity rules. Mm. So maybe we still have to apply to some sort of state aid rules. Mm. Who knows? It's still yeah. yeah. It's still the, only, the, the only certain thing is the uncertainty in a way. Yeah, but mm. uh, as you said, I mean, it's probably a, a likely to be a looser arrangement. But mm. in terms of the, the nuclear construction, I yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. What about the, the new government's energy policy do we know anything about the way boris johnson thinks in terms of uh, electricity or, or gas not really i mean we've been waiting for some time for a white paper mm. uh, that the government was supposed to bring out before the summer which indicates more in terms of the future direction that hasn't happened i mean i guess it probably didn't make much sense to put it out just before you get a new government mm. so uh, one assumes that there will be more time spent on developing that in terms of boris johnson himself uh, he, when he was mayor of London, was supportive of action on climate change mm. uh, and talks about his record in, in glowing terms. In the first sort of prime minister's question time, he was asked if he would declare a climate emergency. That I don't know if the mm. parliament had uh, mm. passed a, a amendment declaring this a couple of weeks, a couple of months mm. earlier. He didn't take up the offer mm. to to say that. So whether or not that he's taking a step back or whether or not he just not, doesn't like that language, we don't really know. But mm. we'll have to see. What about members of the cabinet? I mean, there's quite a diverse group and there's not a lot of, I mean, a lot of, some of them have uttered or some sort of quite anti-renewables or not, not generally. Yeah. In, you know, um, I mean, it's, yeah, we have to see, I, I, I guess. Mm. The Claire Perry mm. has been made a special sort of envoy or, or for the COP. So the mm. UK is hosting okay. the 2020 Conference of Parties of the UNFCCC. It's a very important one. Like you had Copenhagen, then you had Paris, then you're mm. going to ha- hopefully have London. It's not 100% confirmed yet. But she's been given that ministerial responsibility. So in some ways, that is a good thing because it means that we have a, a high-level champion in order to, to prepare for that mm. because it's not just hosting it. There's a lot of work in terms of the preparation of it. It may well be that the UK government sees this as an opportunity to portray the, the UK outside of the EU as a powerful political force, mm. important in diplomatic circles, etc. So importance beyond climate change. Mm. And mm. so if that were the case, then you could see that climate change would take a, a higher profile mm. than purely environmental within the next year or so. Mm. And that would be, yeah, I, I think, a good thing in terms of climate mm. change does need uh, important action from government across different departments. So really, you could say there's all all to play for, and lots of issues to keep an eye on, eye on in in the, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, absolutely. So even though we're moving into the summer and things tend to go quiet, as we've already seen, mm. the prime minister is going around the country talking about his plans, etc. And I mm. suspect that that will be ministers mm. over the summer will roll out new new plans. Mm. So within the energy, climate, mm. environment, industry section, that there will be a lot more to watch for. Perfect, Anthony. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. Thank you. Well, listeners, rest assured that we will keep you up to date on all the Brexit issues up until the 31st of October, the day the UK is due to leave the EU. We will also have a packed schedule for for the autumn and winter, so please stay tuned. And don't forget to follow all the news on Montel and on Twitter and LinkedIn. Until next time, it's goodbye from me.